I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Well, the last time you heard my voice was all the way back in June. I said I was going on summer vacation, and I didn't mean to take an extended vacation from the podcast the way that I have or the way that I've been continually doing over the past year and a half or more, but I don't want to focus on that. The fact is, um, I'm back. There's a lot to talk about. You don't want to get into uh, any personal drama or you know uh, current health problems that I've got. Uh, needless to say, I feel well enough now to do a podcast. So let's not dwell on that. Let's dwell on the stuff that's been happen- happening over the past few weeks. Last weekend, we had the third fight between Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin. Now, these two have, you know, they met before in the past. Both times, I thought that Golovkin won the fight. I thought he won it quite clearly the first time. I thought that the second fight was a little bit closer. However, both times he was not able to get the decision. The first time, it was a draw, which it seemed like almost everybody in attendance kind of felt Golovkin won that fight. The second time, I still believe that Golovkin won that fight, and you know, I'm, I, I don't see a lot of people who can make a very good argument to me, to me anyway, that Canelo did enough to win. This third fight, this was going to be a lot different. Um, it was taking place at 168 pounds, where Canelo's the undisputed uh, super middleweight champion. Golovkin, I believe he's been fighting his whole career at middleweight, so this was... Uh, a step up in weight for him. And also, you have to remember, dude's 40 now. And it, he really showed his age in this fight, unfortunately. It was not... Um, it, it, despite what the scores say, and I cannot believe that uh, two of the judges had it 115-113, to 113, meaning that uh, Golovkin won at least five rounds. I, I was just looking at that and thinking, okay, he is coming on a bit stronger in the latter half of the fight, but... I don't think it's enough to be that close. Uh, you know, this third fight certainly wasn't one that uh, one would put in the league as their first two fights. If anything, this was the one time where they fought and I had no doubt that Canelo was the winner. Even going into it, I didn't make an official prediction, but I just thought, you know what? things seem to be favoring Canelo, especially with him coming off of a loss. He wants to show that, hey, don't worry, that that's, this uh, loss to Bivol, that wasn't anything to, um, to be too concerned about. Now, Canelo admitted after the fight that he came in with an injured wrist. I think it was his left one. And now he's saying that he could be possibly uh, be off for a year. And then all of a sudden, in the aftermath of this fight, a lot of people were saying that while Golovkin did look old, Canelo, he didn't look his best either. I apologize for that. Sorry. Um, I, I, I got to wondering, maybe has Canelo possibly peaked as a professional fighter? Now, j- just think about this for a second. He's been a pro since October of 2005. So, you know, we're, we're going on 17 years. In that time, he's had 62 fights and for the past 11 years, he's been fighting at world championship levels. He's been in with some very big name big name opponents like Floyd Mayweather, Shane Mosley, Austin Trout, Arislan Lara, Miguel Cotto, Gennady Golovkin three times, Daniel Jacobs, Sergey Kovalev, Dmitry Bivol. And even though he's gotten the benefit of the doubt when I and others thought maybe he didn't deserve it, 
he hasn't taken a lot of punishment. But at the same time, is it possible he's losing interest? Some of his former opponents are people who started their careers around the same time that he did. And while they're at the tail end of their careers, or they've already ended and retired, he still seems to be almost as strong as ever. But maybe he's at a point where he's asking, do I want to keep doing this? He's committed so much of himself to the sport that maybe he's thinking about all the other things he wants to do with his life or wishes he was doing. I don't know. Right now, uh, he's still the undisputed super middleweight champion. We don't know. Uh, we, in a way, we really won't know, you know, how or where he is at a physical level or a commitment until his next fight. Now, the, the person who really wants to be his next opponent is former uh, WBC 168-pound champion David Benavidez. Now, the problem is, Canelo doesn't want to fight fellow Mexicans, while at the same time he says that he is willing to face opponents like Benavidez or possibly uh, Gilberto Ramirez if Ramirez is able to upset Dimitri Bivol. I've, I've been saying, like, uh, certainly for a few years that I would like to see Benavidez versus Canelo, um, but Canelo is making an argument that Benavidez hasn't really beaten anyone. The biggest name on his resume is Anthony Durrell. You know, that's a valid point. You could say that David Lemieux is possibly a bigger name than Anthony Durrell, and he, uh, Benavidez just ended David Lemieux's career. I mean, I, I was almost surprised that that fight did not get stopped in the first round. Lemieux was very lucky. But either way, right now, Canelo's got all the belts at super middleweight. So naturally, everybody's going to be coming for him. And you can't really fault Benavidez for not beating a lot of champions when Canelo's the one who's got all the belts. It's like, okay, well, how about you? Let me see if I can beat you as a champion. And let's see where we go from there. I mean, come on. Are, are you really, Canelo, are you really going to say that everybody that you've beaten has surely beaten uh, somebody of high quality? Uh, quality opponents i mean liam smith for god's sakes you know like matthew hatton come on really and guess what sometimes you're gonna have to face your own countrymen i find the whole notion of oh you know i i can't represent my people i i represent mexico and mexican boxing okay but that doesn't you know this whole idea of you know wanting to represent your country and all that, that, does, does, that doesn't stop white Americans from facing off against other white Americans. Same with black Americans, okay? Eric Morales and Marco Antonio Barrera didn't have any problem facing each other three times and giving each other hell. They didn't care that they were both Mexican. They just wanted to fight each other and prove that they were the best, you know, against the other guy. You know, like, this whole, oh, you know, we're two Mexicans, we can't fight each other. No, it's kind of like, oh, okay, you know, we're both Mex Mexicans? Pro cool. Let's prove it. Let's see who's really the best in the in this whole country, you know? You know, he can't be picky with crap about not wanting to fight Mexicans simply because he feels that he represents Mexican boxing, all right? It doesn't work that way. Now, granted, I don't make the rules but if I did, that would be one of the rules. It's like, yes, you can absolutely fight your countrymen, all right? It's boxing. It. It's not a civil war. Well, to be fair, you could call it like that. But either way, it's not an official civil war, okay? Moving on. Oh, 
some good news. It was a few days ago that it was reported that both uh, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford have agreed to initial terms for a showdown for the undisputed welterweight championship of the world. Oh, yes! All that's really left now is for the legal teams on both sides to iron things out. But let's hope that these lawyers are not complete scumbags and they iron things out quickly, okay? Now, Errol Spence has the WBA, IBF, WBC titles, while Crawford has a WBO title. Both of these guys have significant claims to being the best welterweight in the world. And after years of will-they-won't-they drama, it seems like we're just a hair away from this fight being official. Awesome. I I can't think of anything better for the sport. If it does happen, there's going to be some discussion about whether it's going to be on Showtime pay-per-view or PBC pay-per-view. Either way, I don't care. Just make this a big event. Make me care. Bring back some legendary fighters of yesteryear like Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns, Oscar De La Hoya, Shane Mosley. People who have been part of huge welterweight championship fights uh, from years or decades ago. And let's get their input. Talk about who they're picking, why, you know, what does the other guy need to do to win. Let's get their input. Let's make this a monumental event. Do something to get the general public talking and potentially excited about this fight. One one of the big problems with uh, Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence is that they are both incredibly talented fighters. Like the last time I ever bet against uh, Errol Spence, and some of you might remember this, it was a Mikey Garcia fight. I did a podcast and I thought that Mikey Garcia might do something akin to Sugar Ray Leonard, where even though he's kind of the smaller guy against the bigger uh, guy in Spence, I just thought, you know what, this is going to be uh, this is going to be his night. But from the first round on, Spence was just able to neutralize everything that Garcia was able to do, and it's like wow, like from round from round one to round twelve, it was all Errol Spence. I don't think I gave Garcia a single round. Terrence Crawford, he's been moving up weight classes and making it look so easy. You know, how many undefeated fighters has he given their first loss to? These are fighters who should be big names, especially at this stage in their career. But I look at them and it's like, oh, come on. Like, Does anybody in the general public know your name? There are people who don't watch boxing, but the names Mayweather, Pacquiao... They're familiar with him. It's like, oh yeah, Pacquiao, that's a boxer, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know. I've never watched his fights, but uh, yeah, I've, I've heard the name. Is he any good? Stuff like that. Like, let, let's have the names Terrence Crawford or Errol Spence, whoever the winner is, or heck, even the loser. Like, let, let, let's get the general public familiar with these people, all right? I want this to be a huge welterweight showdown and i i really also hope that they deliver the goods and it becomes a classic fight that that's what i want well we've talked about terence crawford and errol spence so let's talk about let's go from spence to spencer now some of you who've been listening to the podcast for a long time or you know remember back when we actually had a website and i would post articles i explained that I was taught about boxing by Mary Spencer. 
she uh, went to the Olympics. She didn't medal, but she was this great amateur uh, world champion, provincial champion, national champion, any championship that you could have, she had it. Now, for some reason, uh, a few days before my vacation, I just thought, you know, like I haven't ever, you know, I know that, uh, you know, after the Olympics, she boxed a little bit more, but then she just stopped. And I was like, I wonder if she's training anybody. That would be interesting. So I did a Google search. Well, no, Mary Spencer is not training anybody. That's because right now, Mary Spencer is one of the top female boxers in the world at 154 pounds. Listen to this. Right now, she's 7-0 with five knockouts. Currently ranked number 11 by the WBC, though I got to admit, I went to the WBC's website. That website needs some work because it's like, you've got Mary Spencer, like both at like 11th and 12th. She's kind of like in the middle I don't know anybody who's ever been ranked, you know, like, oh, this is, you're ranked number two and a half in the world. It's like, that doesn't make sense. But either way, yet to break into the top 10 of the WBC. However, number five by Ring Magazine, number five by BoxRec, number two by the WBA, and she is currently ranked as the IBF's number one contender at 154 pounds. I've been posting her fights on the Boxing for Free Facebook page. You don't need... You know, to, to have a lot of time to watch these fights, okay? Because she has been dispatching her opponents with great ease, all right? In her uh, fight back in June, June 23rd, she fought former champion Chris Namus. Knocked Namus down three times in the first round. I was showing this to co-workers at work. I had a little gif on my uh, phone of the first knockdown. It's like, And they're like, oh my god. Then against Cynthia Lopez. Knocked her out just with just like a minute into the fight. She, she, I'm watching this and I'm kind of like, oh my God, Mary, this is awesome. And, you know, it's like, I, I, get, I get this incredible sense of pride because it's like, you know, this is the woman who taught me to box. Yeah, that's right. And But the thing that I don't get is, oh my gosh, why didn't you turn pro sooner? You would have been knocking people out left and right. Like, in, in a way, watching her, this is the sense I get. She's got the, the all-black trunks, and it's like, all-black trunks. And I'm just thinking, is she going for, like, some sort of a Mike Tyson, you know, intimidation tactic? Because, I don't know, she almost kind of looks like a boxing Grim Reaper. You know, the only thing that, that has any color to her are her gloves. And... Oh, gosh, she, she just makes it look so easy. Now, uh, after her last fight against Cynthia Lozano, uh, Mary has said that she does want the uh, IBF 154-pound champion. Her name is Marie-Yves Decaire. Now, she boxes out of uh, Quebec as well. That's where Mary's boxing out of as well. She's promoted by Eye of the Tiger Promotions. I really... Oh... Now, Decare's got a record of um, 18 wins, one loss, but one win by KO. Mary's demonstrated that she's got um, the, the, the KO power, but, you know, I, I'm curious, okay, now what happens if a fight goes into the second, third, or even fourth round? I mean, what's going to happen then? I don't know. If I know Mary, though... I believe that she'll be prepared for it. She's not somebody who's going to strictly rely on her power. She's 
you have to watch these fights to understand. This is somebody who I think it's like, okay, you know, if we're kind of looking for boxing's answer to Ronda Rousey when Rousey was in the UFC, I think we've got it in Mary Spencer. She's 37, but she's fighting like she's 27. It's kind of like, wait a minute. Like, did did you age at all between the, the, the Olympics and right now? Because she looks phenomenal. She looks phenomenal. If given the opportunity, would love to do an interview with her and, you know, just ask some questions and say, all right, so, you know, I would like to know, you know, what this, this, and this, you know, oh, I'm excited, as you can tell. I'm trying not to become too much of a cheerleader. Of course, I, I have to remain objective. Nevertheless, um, you can tell I'm extremely proud of her. I'm excited for her. Got people on Facebook and Twitter, you know, talking about it. It's exciting. And I want more people to catch the excitement. I want more people, more Canadians, rather, to say, look at this. You know, I, I once told... Uh, a friend who didn't realize he was doing like a, a sort of a news story for school. He didn't realize I'd been taught by her. So he got me on Skype at like six o'clock in the morning, Calgary time. And, you know, we were talking about her for his story. And I said, this is one of Canada's top, top amateurs of all time, in my opinion. Like she's phenomenal and such a nice person. I, I can't wait to see what's next for her. If it's a title fight or whether it's just another build-up to a title fight. we we got to wait and see. She's kind of leaving it to her promoter, but she did also indicate that she would like a title shot. So I can't wait for that to happen. Moving on. So I got a question for you. Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk, they had their rematch. Usyk won again. So why are we seeing, as a follow-up, Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury? It's like, you know, the, the, this fight, sh it, shouldn't this have happened a lot sooner than it did? I, I don't know. It, it almost kind of feels like you're fighting, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Tyson Fury and I'm thinking, you're fighting the loser. Joshua lost his last fight. He lost his last two fights. So what's to gain out of uh, fighting Joshua exactly? Like, wouldn't you rather fight Usyk? Wouldn't you rather fight the guy who's got all the belts? I mean, you still... He's, he keeps waffling back and forth between retirement and non-retirement. That's kind of like, wait a minute. Is there actually a WBC heavyweight champion? Or, you know, who is it? it, it it's very hard to keep track of who it is. And... Okay, even if it is Tyson Fury, I, I'm still thinking, why do you got to fight um, Joshua? I understand it's a chance for this uh, big all-British showdown, but I think this would have been a lot bigger prior to a fight, prior to his first fight, rather, with Usyk. That, 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 that's just me. I'm kind of like, come on. You know, I, I feel that we're... In a uh, certainly a better uh, heavyweight era than we were ten years ago, but at the same time, I don't think it's at the level it could have been. You know, ever since 2015 when Fury won the title, I, I've just been like, all right, now now it's going to get better. Now it's going to get a lot better, and I'm just, you know, we've we've had some very good moments, 
But I don't know, maybe I'm expecting it to be almost a bit like the 1990s again, or heck, even the 70s. Maybe my expectations are too high. I don't know, but I'm just thinking, I don't know if I'm that excited to see Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury, because guess what? He's lost his last two fights. I can't get excited about that. And I can't be like, oh, wow, I can't wait to see what happens in this fight. Because in my mind, I'm like, well, chances are he's going to lose. Chances are he's going to lose and retire. And, you know, Fury will, uh, you know, he'll win, sing another song in the ring, and then, you know, waffle back and forth between whether or not he's retired. You know, I, I, I just want something different. That's all. Moving on. And finally, we're going to circle back to uh, Gennady Golovkin and an opponent who I say, you know, or rather have said, you know, if he wants to have this fight with Golovkin, he's got to have it sooner rather than later. That's Arislandi Lara. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast, which I've been doing over the course of about 10 years on and off, I, I've been a Lara fanboy, I admit it, but I've also been realistic. I've often pointed out, like, you know, he could have stopped a few opponents a lot sooner than he or rather, he could have stopped his opponent instead of going the distance. But as something I learned from Mary Spencer, she said this about Floyd Mayweather, and I think it applies to Lara as well. He's not boxing to uh, look good. He's just boxing to win. Okay? But apparently WBA is going to order a fight with uh, between Arislandi Lara and Gennady Golovkin. If I'm Lara, go for it. And if I'm Golovkin, you know what? Go for it as well. Lara is a very high risk, low reward, but at the same time, if you show like, look, I'll take on this guy who nobody in a lot of divisions want to fight. I'm 40 years old and I can beat this guy. It it just makes him look better. And if Lara wants to take the fight, I don't see why he wouldn't. But uh, if he were to take this fight, I'd say go for it. This is the last chance you're going to have at a big name opponent like this. This is the chance to really get on the pound-for-pound rankings and show that you're among the best in the world, not just uh, the best in the world in your weight class. Personally, you know, I've I've said that Lara should have been kind of clamoring a lot harder for this fight ever since, what was it, 2021 when he won the middleweight title? Um, But that's just my opinion. Not everybody's going to take the uh, Andrew Schweitzer style of uh, trying to get a fight made, Okay. But I would like to see Lara versus Golovkin. I think it would be a very good fight. Another person who's thrown out Arislandi Lara as a possible opponent is Keith Thurman. It's kind of like, oh yeah, that guy, uh, he still fights? And yeah, Thurman does still fight. He had a uh, fight earlier this year. His first fight in like two and a half years. It's Oh gosh. It's just so weird because like... Um, I remember at one point somebody, um, I think it may have been my mom, she said like that because she watched the Thurman fight and she just asked after like like years afterwards, she said like, so did he ever fight again? And it's like, well, I mean, like there, there was COVID and everything, but I think he is still fighting. And then, yeah, a few months later, back in February, he did have his uh, first fight after that. But he said that, look, if I can't get a fight with fighters like Spence or Crawford, then maybe I should try the higher weight classes. I'll take on somebody like Arislandi Lara if he can still make 154 pounds. 
again, if Lara is willing to do it and if he can make 154 pounds, do it. Because, again, Thurman's a guy who I don't think a lot of people want to fight, but um, they only do it if they have to. But that's just the way I see it. Anyway, that's all I have for you for this episode. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Adzizic, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. Thanks. I only had to ask you like a billion times.